Olá pessoal, tudo bem? Welcome to Brazil Crypto Report, where we explore Brazil's bustling crypto ecosystem. I'm your host, Aaron Stanley, and today I'm joined by Andre Salem, who is the founder and CEO of Cryptum, which is a Brazil-based blockchain as a service company. Andre and Cryptum recently commissioned an extensive survey of Brazil's Web3 ecosystem. He interviewed more than a thousand retail and financial services professionals from across Brazil about their views on cryptocurrency, Web3, Digital Real. So today we're going to dive into some of those findings and see what see what was uncovered. And then we're also going to learn a bit more about uh, Andre and, and Cryptum. So with that, Andre, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Hey, Aaron. Thanks a lot for having me here. Man. Uh, Great. It's a pleasure to share about this and to share about our report as well. Amazing. Yeah, I appreciate you making the time. So to get started, why don't you just give folks a bit of a background on yourself and on Cryptum? Perfect. So basically, I'm working in the blockchain space since middle 2015. I started it on IBM Research Lab in Brazil. Therefore, on 2017, I started I started my entrepreneurship journey, developing like working in a software house development way, just focus on blockchain side. And after that experience, we have been, we realized that we had like inside of our own stack blockchain as a service tool and to provide to the market. So at that time, we opened up Cryptum. It was the end of last year. So September last year into Ethereum Brazil Hackathon, we sponsored the event and provided the initial tool to developers. So Cryptum was born at that time. So basically, since then, we have been offering to the market easy way to onboard developers and companies into the Web3 space, abstracting, abstracting the complexity to level up them to the Web3 space. Amazing. Yeah, I think that's where we first met, actually, was at Ethereum Brazil, Ethereum Sao Paulo yes, Hackathon. I didn't realize you were just launching at that time, though. I didn't realize that. That's So, wow, so you guys are really new then, but making making waves quickly. So nicely done. Yeah, that's true. Basically, we have been using we have using Cryptum inside of our own stack since 2017 when I opened a Blockforce, which was our previously company. So that led us to build this more as a service company, which is Cryptum itself. So basically, the market have been experienced in, in using Cryptum, but but as a company itself, it's just since September of last year. And there we, we offered to the developers into the hackathon the opportunity to use Krypton as a tool. And it was a really great experience because they really used it and provided and built use cases on top of it. So it was a great moment for us. Great, great. So so this, the tech stack has been operative for, for quite some time. And then Cryptum is just really kind of the commercialization of actually creating a company around this and kind of a kind of making this a bit more wider, widely available to to, to developers and professionals. Exactly, exactly. And and as since we launched it, uh, we have been applying to and helping some companies to get inside the Web3 space like as a service. And for sure, we provide them some professional service based on our experience in blockchain development. So therefore, we can offer like a zero to cent uh, to zero to a hundred like full experience to them to get a hundred percent on board on Web3. So. Our view is to offer the most ready and complete documentation to developers uh, do whatever they want on Web3 based on their norm, regular knowledge, like JavaScript and also APIs. 
and to help companies based on that stack to get like fully onboarded on Web3. So basically Got our it. approach is, is that. Yeah. Okay, great, great. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd like to dive maybe a bit in more into just some of, you know, some of the partnerships, like who are some of your clients, who are, who are you working with? Maybe we can talk a bit about that a little bit later on in the, in the recording if we have time. But I would like to dive into this report that you all commissioned. And it's it's a pretty extensive piece of research. You guys interviewed over a thousand people from from around Brazil, both both kind of uh, retail and and, and professional uh, financial industry professional participants. Maybe tell us a bit about what's your motivation for commissioning this, and maybe what are your what were your objectives? What, what were you trying to get out of this? What were you trying to learn? Amazing. So based in our experience, that like. The most that once, since we launched crypto, we noticed that the most ready companies to get inside the blockchain space or Web3, as we can say, they related to the financial market. So there's a much more readiness to them related to the maturity of the business, as well as the nature of the transactions. So as well as any kind of company can become like a fintech based in the tokenization space, which is which are the most, how can I say, concentrated area that we have built some use cases we use in crypto. We noticed that the financial sec- sector will be the most ready to get on board Web3. So based on that, like our own feedback since we launched crypto, we decided to get like more curated data regarding that sector and their perceptions to offer them the most, how can I say, tailored and ready to use tools as well as some modules to get them inside blockchain. So the, the commission was was motivated to get that perception and to get some insights re- regarding the, the public, as well as to get the opportunity to know that decision makers, right? So as well as once we don't we do like a commission to them and, and a survey, we get to know their their pains and their what they were looking to. So basically to get more to get more near to that market, you know? And then really quick, just on the methodology. So how, how are these people selected? And then once they, once you had identified these people and approached them, like what was the, what were the types of questions or how were, what types of questions were asked? And then like, what, like, how were the questions asked? Like, so how, you know, was it like an in-person interview? Was it like an online survey? Like how did, how did the actual kind of data intake happen? Yeah, it was, Mainly online interview with them. Uh, it was led by a partnership that we had with Sherlock Communications, with our with, with our marketing agents. So we mixed up our contacts and our like the public that we had we have from financial sector, and therefore they led us to to do that survey with them. So there are different types of of publics that we reached, which is the consumer general consumer. And as well as the financial professionals, so uh, there are different types of the publics that we reach. So uh, related to the financial sector, it was about of a hundred professionals, and to the general consumer public was was about a thousand. So basically, it was led online, and the idea that we had is basically that the general understanding is that real digital is coming. And like the central bank agenda is getting once a time more consolidated. And we'd like to understand what is the, what is, what is the, the feeling and the perception of the market to that adoption. So what we get, if, what we got from it is that 
basically there's a well is there a well perception from the general public like 80% of the Brazilians understand that will be like good good incomes about that you know so especially regarding to the way people can purchase some things and to the loans and to to reduce some bureaucracy I think that's a great perception regarding the technology, although it's not, like, how can I say, fully understand, understood, you know, but that's, is there that feeling that the technology will provide through the programmability of the money, some ways to reduce and to enhance the speed of the payments that we have. To the financial market, is there some, some, some concerns related to the security and the stability of what we're going to provide? the real digital and how they're going to be set here. But as well as we seen constantly an increased movement, a movement from the central bank, like providing us a lot of collaborative access towards this real digital building. I think this, this way of build this technology will help us to solve a lot of questions and to reduce these security issues, you know? Great, great. Yeah, thanks for that overview. That's super helpful. So maybe let's dive in here. We'll kind of we'll kind of break apart the different segments, you know, kind of retail versus professional audience segments here that you talk to. Let's start with maybe the retail or, or general population. Maybe walk through some of the the key findings, uh, you know, that the general populace has toward. I mean, I'm particularly interested in in just just views toward crypto in general. I think just in this season right now, we're in kind of a, obviously kind of a tough spot as an industry. Like and in Brazil, obviously, like there's probably a lot of people have lost money and there's, you know, there's a lot of been a lot of these kind of weird pyramid schemes and stuff. And even if you're, even if you're not involved in the pyramid scheme, you've still probably lost money investing in some of these things. So, and then also with Real Digital, uh, I, I think uh, the central bank seems to be viewed fairly favorably amongst the general populace in terms of its ability to kind of create new financial products. I mean, I think I saw something recently that like 80% of Brazilian adults are using PICS right now uh, after just three years of being operative, which is which is pretty incredible. But anyway, enough of me kind of ranting there, but would love kind of your your high level findings from what was what was kind of most interesting about about the, the general population's view on crypto web3 digital real yeah basically took the the uh, that view it's it's great to see that at least 80 62% of the general public view is like proud of our central bank as well as from pix experience as well as for this innovative vision that we have for the future so basically that like shows that although it's not fully understood understand like the pics sorry the real digital we have that perception of leadership and proudness of our country so that's a great finding and like more, more than half of the people who are interviewed like 51 percent see that sign that that's as an opportunity as for financial inclusion so as mentioned like Although it's not fully understand regarding how the programmatic mobility we work, we get this perception. The the like the financial products that could be a f- impact and help us the population to get more connected to real digital was seen as like saving time as well as to reduce some bureaucracy for more than forty two percent of them, and also to su- simplify some process related to purchases and loans to thirty seven percent of the people in general public. 
which was interviewed. So they basically don't they don't know, at least we bet on this, that they don't know already about the DVP process and some of the real tests that have been uh, on put on, on the place, but we got this perception, you know. So Bora and Long Luans will be highly impacted by that the the perception of how digital. Oh yeah. I was just gonna ask, do you guys know or were you able to discern in 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 your interviews with these folks? Where what what are the primary sources of information that these people are? I guess I guess this would apply to both retail and professional investors. But like, where are people getting information about I guess digital real and about maybe crypto more broadly? I know the the business press here has been covering crypto a lot more kind of fervently, and obviously there's YouTubers and influencers and stuff. Hopefully they read Brazil Crypto Report, but. I mean, I guess if you don't speak English, that's not going to help you that much. But, <laughs> but, but, do you have any sense for like where people are getting their information from on these subjects? Yeah, basically, our commission didn't pick up this information where they got like the information from. Uh, but basically, we actually we don't know about this uh, where where they 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 feed the themselves. But a great information that we got is basically that at least. 80 from 30% of the interviewed people don't know that Brazil played that innovation and leadership role into the tokenization as well as financial payments, instant, instant payments into the global worldwide view, you know. So basically, mm. I think kind of survey that we did helped them to get in touch with this kind of information, you know. So although we're going to get like information from them to do that kind of report and survey, Basically, we got some some role to inform them about these news, you know. So I think this kind of efforts help them, the population as well, to get informed about this kind of innovation. Yeah, obviously, people are are coming to you and asking your views on these things, and you don't have a, a view firmly solidified, or you haven't put much time into learning about it. That sometimes that's sort of an inducement to take the time to learn about it, right? You know, maybe hey, maybe I should be paying attention to this. Going back to the kind of the general population findings here, what were the, the main perhaps skepticisms or reservations that people had about either just crypto or digital real or 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 any of these other subjects you were asking? Is there still is there still it sounds like most people are at least familiar generally with what these concepts are, but is there is is it are you able to discern what are maybe what are the things that people are maybe a bit sort of uncertain about at this point? Yeah, basically, we noticed that at least 65% of the people didn't kind of un well understand what that was about to happen, you know. So they are not familiar with the concept, and therefore, there's a kind of septimism, I can say that way, connecting the like Bitcoin and more like how can I say, utility coins, utility tokens related to real digital. What's not, what's, what's exactly not that, you know? So I've, I think that that mixed feelings regarding the volatility of the crypto and the, like a stable coin directly to a country is sometimes mixed and get some kind of confuse, confusion to the public. So the feeling that they're going to lose some money or that the money could be like hacked, I think that's a high, highly important point to to get here is the most the most that what we notice you know through the the interview so basically i think that's the lack of 
understanding of the, what's the exactly real digital. And we're going to help that through the educational role that the central bank has and all companies involved in it will play. But basically, I think the septimus is about how this exactly want to work. Uh, and that's kind of actual running process to the whole, into the whole entities, right? Lift and next fintech acceleration as, as well as the whole uh, educational uh, role that the society has on it. So it's not well-defined as well exactly how it would work. So basically, this is a septimus that we see into the population as well as the lack of understanding into crypto itself. So I think this is the most, the biggest finding that we had. Regarding digital rail specifically, was there any kind of skepticism around implementation of this as far, I mean, just kind of going back to this old debate about, you know, okay, you obviously have CBDCs as, okay, they'll offer more kind of utility and, and you know, faster payments and more efficient and all these sorts of things. And then you know, kind of in exchange for, uh, you know, basically like a surveillance state type of, <laughs> you know, supervision of your, you know, the government will know, central bank will know everything you're doing kind of thing. You know, there's, so there's a lot of these kind of boogeyman-ish type perceptions around CBDCs. And, but just given that, I mean, this is sort of worldwide, this isn't really like a Brazilian thing specifically, this is kind of everywhere. But, but given that the Brazilian population has a, a pretty high view of the central bank, I think you said it was like 62% of people view the central bank in like a favorable way as like competent actors. And they've, they've, they've delivered on producing picks, which is basically everybody uses now. It seems like people might have a less of a kind of a, a boogeyman-ish type view of, of, a, of a central bank digital currency, like the digital real. But wondering if, if, if there's any kind of any, if you encountered any of those observations. Yeah. Like. Regarding to that relation to the peaks, it's, it was great to, it's great to highlight here that like Brazil accounts for 15% of the worldwide payments, instant payments, right? Just like behind India. So we, according to central bank, that information is not regarding to our, our survey and our commission, right? So basically that's that, that level up the expectation for the public to have like really great really great, how can I say, services related to real digital. So basically, we see that 50, 51% at least of the, of the respondents see that companies are not, believe that companies not, are not fully prepared to enter into the Web3 space. So that led us to the, to the sentence that Fabio Araujo said into workshop crypto workshop that is one of the biggest concerns that the central bank has is to get companies prepared to onboard other companies and suppliers to offer that blockchain infrastructure you know so i think this is the biggest concern that we should highlight here <clears throat> to the entrance of that more related to the use of to the usage of the crypto itself to the cbdc we see that the security aspect is the more highlighted concern that we had you know because as well as mentioned previously the concern related to crypto and bitcoin that's all is all related to stability and security to that field so basically this is the most important thing to to highlight the other ones that we can say for the public is that they demand a clear and simple information about real digital like uh they are 74 if i don't 75 uh, six if i don't 
if and if it, if I don't if I if I remember well wants more knowledge about it and 35% wants more expect a, a accessible language about it you know because when we talk about blockchain and bitcoin and cryptocurrency as well as cbdc we got a little bit technical about it you know so i think this more educational process will leverage this yeah, this accessibility as well as 30% expect expect more easy to use to about it you know so I think this will help a lot of companies to implement this internal logic into their into their fields. So basically, other people think that the media media coverage, also the enhance of the media coverage on on this topic, will help them to get more understand. So I think this is a kind of ecosystem process, right? To get this into the end user, into the companies. So. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly if I answer your specific point, but this is kind of the general view that we got from from the survey. Yeah, so it, it sounds like there's there's enough of there's kind of enough sort of trust in the central bank. There's enough, you know, people seem to be more more worried about the kind of some of these security aspects, just be because if they hear you know, hear about digital real and it's at least in some way it's related to cryptocurrency even though it's it's not a cryptocurrency but it's it's there's some of the same mechanics and the same underlying technology and some you know that type of thing and there's obviously concerns about okay like how do i like not get hacked and not have my funds stolen and, and all these types of things so it sounds like those those are maybe more those concerns were a bit more prominent than maybe perhaps some of the privacy concerns like I had mentioned, like I was kind of alluding to earlier, where okay, you're kind of trading off a fish financial efficiency for perhaps like you know some you know potential like you know, greater surveillance by the state and you know kind of all your data being aggregated, monetized, and all that kind of stuff. Am I sort of am I, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it's exactly like that. So, okay, and to help that process, Aaron, what we bet, man, is basically the. There's this this financial process and financial view of like getting the companies on board on blockchain and to migrate to Web3. So this will like connect as well as CBDC, the traditional market and the current public that uses like Pix as well as other payments models into blockchain. But there's another view that will bring people to blockchain is the tokenization, right? Because we bring like we see tokenization as bridge a bridge method method to get companies and public inside blockchain because we leverage like new ways to offer new assets you know so the new economy can be tokenized and connect like public general public with with normal transactions to the web3 space so we think that once we had more implementations on that side that that shows people benefits and accessibility and globalization to assets and investments. This will let us to connect more clearly the general public with the benefits of blockchain. You know, so companies that related to the financial market, a lot of companies can be converted to be like a fintech once it's able to tokenize its own assets. So they, then, therefore, they become fintechs, and fintechs can benefit from blockchain once they implement like the transactions and and general worldwide access through blockchain. So, I think the use cases are like a key point to get people connected to the benefits and to 
cut off some of the concerns related to security and stability. So we as a provider of use cases and a company that helps companies to get inside the Web3 space, we see that this role regarding to provide true and, and real use cases at this moment of the markets is one of the key opportunities that we have to people feel the benefits and experience what, how, how blockchain can benefit from their sites. So like a little, like, like just to complement, we see into the EA and to the artificial, into the artificial intelligence space that like chat GPT could change and get into the touch, into touch of the, of the general public, the feel, the feeling of the AI, right? So it was a killer application to related to artificial intelligence. So blockchain lacks for this kind of application in our view. So CBDC has the opportunity to play that roles, you know, to show the population in a really massive way how blockchain can benefit them and, and offer them some, some kind of potential to enhance their financials. So to complement it into some business cases, into the sector, I think this is a really special moment that we have. And we want to play that role into the market, especially here in Brazil, for instance. And I mean, maybe maybe taking a step back up a little bit and talking about just asset tokenization specifically, and obviously is one of the the use case. I fully agree that blockchain just doesn't really have that like killer application that that like like a ChatGPT type of application that people can be like, wow, that's awesome, that's so much better. I, I'm going to use that every day. Like we don't really have that yet, right? You know, it's a, sort of sad to admit that after you know been in this industry for so long and we still don't have like a, a killer application but but maybe based on your some of your findings uh asset tokenization is one of these it's maybe one of these subjects that's a little maybe for like an average person or maybe even like an average professional type person it's like why would i like need that you know what i mean you know there's already kind of crowdfunding that exists there's are like i don't need tokenization to participate in a crowdfunding campaign or something right but this idea of being able to fractionalize assets, tokenize them, and be able to invest, you know, 100 hay ice into a, like a, a tokenized, you know, condominium in Sao Paulo or something, or whatever the asset might be, like a, you know, a, a future earnings to a, a football player or something. Are those, I mean, are these concepts that, that make that people are kind of wrapping their head around or they're understanding after you're able to, to explain it to them? Is it, is it, has it been kind of tricky to, to has it been difficult to uh, convince people of the utility of these types of use cases? Yeah, I think this, I think you are right. These are one of the most clear benefits that we have into tokenization. But we also have like others from other, how can I say, perspectives of the business, you know, because once we got the tokenization, I think we made the business global because everyone can buy something uh, with crypto. So beyond it we make like we we do kind of effort towards bankerization you know unbankerization because people can buy things with crypto so this is a kind of side benefit but we can as well as you mentioned fractionalize it uh, we give global access and as well we have the whole compliance that we get through the blockchain itself because of its nature right so the transactions are immutable so we know exactly how to do the accountability and the bookkeeping about this you know so we have like clearly benefits towards 
the reduce of bureaucracy and the costs to validate what is exactly being sold. So we have a lot of benefits on, uh, related to that. And basically, we can represent things into the digital, new new digital economy. So that's the most killing, killing side of the benefits because we, get, we gave visibility and global access to a new market that's been built, you know. So once we... And, Beyond the fractionalization, fractionalization, which which provide a lot of access because people could buy pieces of it, which which privilege which was not previously previously available. Now people can like just buy pieces of it into the global market with people with things that are not like available previously. So I think tokenization is the bridge that we're gonna have to the blockchain. You know. Because once people tokenize some assets, it can be real world assets, like from a real estate company to a carbon credit company to a like digital identity property. Like this will let people to get access to this new economy and therefore to use CBDC and if therefore to use stable coins and to get like the feeling of how all blockchain benefits. At least this is our view. Yeah. And then I guess one final question here before we, we kind of round out. Specifically in the report, you had, um, there was a question that says, do you think, this, this, this question was intended for financial services professionals specifically. And the question was, do you think the Brazilian financial services sector is ready to accept the digital real? And we have 30% responded no, and I don't think they are in the near future. And then the 34% says no, but it might be possible in a few months that these companies will be ready. So we have basically 64% of people saying, uh, no, we're not ready for this. And and I think maybe that, that's not terribly surprising. I, I think in obviously like financial services is not the, you know, it's, it's like a, it's kind of a slow moving industry, right? In a lot of ways, right? Especially if you have established banks and, and, and I think what, what's being asked of the banks right now is, is quite a lot, but, What's your takeaway on that specific question? Is that, is this a bad thing? Is this expected? Is this, uh, you know, is this maybe good, maybe just like signal that there, there needs to be a bit more education done and there needs to be more work helping these companies uh, perhaps uh, better understand what, what this, this digital, digital rail kind of ecosystem will, will actually be. I think that's a kind of natural mark that we would have, right? Because the financial sector should have clear notes and clear like evidence that it's great to be adopted. So I think that's a natural output from the survey. But the Brazil, in my view, is running well into the process to educate it. So basically, we have our crypto mark crypto frame, framework here in regarding to regulation. And I think this is a great point to set what's, what should be done and what shouldn't be done. And like to have clear, at least for instance, clear paths and frameworks to run a business here uh, into crypto space. So I think this is a kind of sign out that we had from that, that the market's evolving here. And as well as we mentioned the collaborative way that CBDC is implemented and the whole effort towards education and inclusion into fintechs, into display of to offer these blockchain fintech related solutions is one of the most important things that we have because this will lead to innovative companies in, into the financial sector 
test the solutions and implement and prove by yourself how that could be. And this will be like a movement to educate and as well as to gain more secure to implement financial solutions regarding blockchain. So this educational path come uh, as an out output of trial solutions, I think will lead us to reduce this level of uh, perception of readiness, you know, and as well as the market evolve by itself. So this test of tokenization and this whole CBDC educational effort, as well as our regulation, which is kind of being a play playing a, like a good a good role here i think we'll work together to step by step reduce this friction which is normal because we are we are taking taking market which is kind of the most traditional and established one you know so we need this kind of step by step process to reduce this friction i think yeah maybe one final question before we wrap up uh, was there anything else in the report that you found particularly surprising on any of these questions that you were you were asking folks? Was there any anything any any findings that were uh, perhaps opposite of what you were expecting or that stood out as as as, as outliers like that? While we weren't we weren't anticipating that. Yeah, about beyond and moreover, this whole scepticism that we see. Basically, the population is. Uh, keen to add and to use these new products related to the financial market. You know, at least 42% of the respondents said that they would like to try and to test it. So although we have a lot of friction related to adoption to the financial sector, as we, we talk here, people are curious about that. You know, people would like to try it. So we noticed that 39% of them will be willing to switch their current financial service providers to a new provider that invests in new technologies and innovations. So that's kind of interesting, you know. I think that innovation feeling is is underlying our economy and people, although this whole septimism and educational process would like to use it. So I think there is a kind of sexy, sexy thing related to this innovation, you know, and this is a kind of, right. a kind of interesting thing. So, so even if people, they don't maybe understand exactly what, what, what these concepts are, what it all means, the, the bias is toward more innovation and, and, and companies investing in new products and these types of things. And people will be, people are, they generally, there's a bias toward, uh, toward being willing to use these types of services. Like once they come online, essentially, is that exactly, exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah. That, that feels very in line with my perception of Brazilian people. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It's a kind of creative mix with yeah. our mood here, you know? So I think that's all connected. Absolutely. Well, hey, well, well, thanks so much, Andre, for coming on the show to tell us about this new report. would encourage everyone to check it out, take a read through it. It's, there's a lot of good insights in there, some really helpful helpful findings, some charts nicely presented. Uh, and I think it's, it's, you know, definitely a big undertaking on your end, Andre, to, to commission all this and to execute all this. So appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Any, I guess, any final thoughts from you? And then where where should folks find, where can folks go to find the report and where can folks, you know, get in touch with you or your team if they want to learn more? Thanks for having me here, Aaron. I think we play kind of the same role in the ecosystem somehow, trying to bring education and information to the public. So the report is 
possible to be find and downloaded in our website. We have like a specific tab there to be downloaded. We're gonna we're gonna spread it in our social media more the, the PDF version as well into the next days, coming days. And I think that has everything related to our mission into the blockchain space, right? So we want to really provide an easy way and solutions to people and companies getting inside the web two space. So from tokenization to like on and off ramp and digitalization from assets. So a lot of like a whole solution to, to companies get inside of the ecosystem. And the report led us to get more feeling about this market and feel well about how we can help them. So this is our mission. We would like to, we are 100% available to anyone who wants to better understand and how to get this business converted to Web3. And even to build a new business from scratch and build using our, our crypto building blocks. So feel free to reach us in our social medias. We are on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. So feel free to reach us through email. Like my one is Andre at crypton.io. So basically feel free to find us through uh, each any channels. And I want to glad you, man, for your work here and to be like a gringo, like like really for really Brazilian DNA here doing this kind of work. We are glad to get connected and hope to do a lot of things together with you in the next years. I yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's been a fun adventure here, being the lone gringo. Or well, there's other gringos, but anyway, it's been great. Thanks for coming on the show, Andre. Really appreciate your time and um, congratulations again on uh, on releasing this. Obrigado, everyone, and thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the Brazil Crypto Report newsletter on Substack if you haven't already. And please do give the show a five-star rating on your podcast app if you enjoyed this content. We'll be back soon with another great guest.